This is What Happens If with Daniel and Jan on Joy. This is what happens if on Juro 94.9, and tonight we're asking the question, what happens if I learn a language? Mm. Uh, now, Jan, what about dance as a language? It's kind of something that we actually know quite a bit about. Yeah, yeah, we've been around that a fair while. Now, we actually haven't talked about that at all on air. Not at all at all. <laughs> Not at all. But we are dancers. Yes, been there. <laughs> there you go, done that. Okay. Done, done a lot of that. Now, someone who actually is <laughs> that, doing... That was a very brief description <laughs> of that history. Well, we don't need to go into it. <laughs> no, we don't need to. Uh, but uh, someone who actually does dance for a living and... Uh, uh, is quite amazing, I must say, is the beautiful Daniel Riley from Bangara Dance Theatre and he's with us on the phone now. Hi, Dan. Hi, how are you? Great, thank you, Dan. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, no, thank you. Well, it's really nice to, um, nice to be here in Melbourne again. Yeah, great to be, uh, good to be back. Yeah, always. Always, you know, like we just come from Brisbane where we had amazing season and so supportive and, you know, family just, Family and uh, supporters and mob just come out from everywhere whenever we travel around these capital cities. So, um, yeah, it's good to be here in Melbourne. And this is actually the last season of Dark Eden. So, we're, um, yeah, we'll close it out here and then it'll go in the cupboard for a little while. So Dark Emu is the piece that you guys have been performing this year, the new work created by uh, Stephen Page, yourself, and some other dancers, I believe, as well. Yes, yeah. Um, Stephen, myself, and an ex-dancer called Yolandi Brown, she um she's she was a long time dancer with the company. She joined in '99 uh, and toured and travelled the world with with Bangara until I think I can't remember what her last year was. We danced together. It must be 2008 was her last work, and then she just she had a boy uh, and she went on maternity leave and uh, and came back into the company uh, directing this uh, online kind of portal and this online. Um, uh, system that we've got going on that's being developed now called Knowledge Ground, where people can access Bangara shows uh, and look at costumes or sets and lighting and dances and um, dance steps or even like the country and the family that they, that work has come from. So this is a big kind of online portal that's going to be wow. launched next year as part of Bangara's 30th anniversary. That's amazing. That's so it's an like amazing a, resource. It's like a dictionary of dance. <clears throat> exactly right. Like an online kind of resource dictionary of Bangara and their 30 years of repertoire. Oh, incredible. It's quite it's quite amazing. Um, it's going to be quite, you know, big it's, um, and detailed and Yoli's been working really hard on it and the company's been uh, given a lot of support around it. So it's going to be quite exciting once it's uh, launched. Well, I guess uh, the so we you know, this show is called What Happens If and we ask a different question each week and we're looking at learning languages uh, there's so much language that influences all of Bangara work. Some of it traditional indige- indigenous, some of it, uh, a dance, a language of dance. Uh, in terms of this specific work, D- uh, Dark Emu is based on, uh, a book by Bruce Pascoe. Do you want to tell us about how that kind of came about and uh, how his work has influenced, uh, the dance work? Yeah, so, uh, yeah, as you said, the our show, Dark Emu, is based off a book written by Bruce Pascoe, who's a Bunurong Yuan man uh, uh, from southeast Australia. And he um, he wrote this book uh, a few years ago, um, won a numerous awards. Uh, and the book pretty much went about disproving that, you know, First Nations uh, Aboriginal people were not just kind of hunters and gatherers. You know, we didn't stand around on one leg with a spear in one hand and wait for a kangaroo to, to hop by so we could kill it and feed our family you know we had a very strong deep enriched uh connection to country and to connection to land um 
and very complex systems of farming using agriculture, aquaculture, bio farming, and also reciprocal farming with animals and developing those relationships. In like 60,000 plus years, these relationships have been going on of, of, of reciprocal hunting um, methods with animals um, where both parties would would gain from 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 the hunt uh you know and it's just the book really is so in-depth and so well researched and so succinct in its um in its message that we we have been we were here for a very very long time before um colonialists uh colonialists arrived and we were thriving really you know because when they come and because it wasn't fences and it wasn't everything in a row, you know, it wasn't their way, their visual style of farming, you know, maybe they didn't see it or maybe they chose not to see it. We don't really know that. But in the book, Bruce has researched a, a, like a, quite a lot of um, colonialist explorer diaries. And in these diaries where these explorers uh, describe in quite in-depth detail of what they're seeing and the relationships that they're seeing between Aboriginal people and the land and how they were doing the farming and how they were setting up and how they were burning and how they were, you know, would interact. And so there is a lot of information around, around that. And this book pretty much just put it out there in the world um, and disproved a lot of myths. Um, and then from that book, you know, Stephen, uh, our artistic director, had met Bruce, um, Bruce mentioned offhandedly he came to see Ben along last year, which was a big success for the company. And he just mentioned offhandedly, he's like, oh, you should do Ducky Me the dance work. And Stephen kind of sat with Stephen for a little while, and he just kind of with a, a lot of ideas that Stephen has, it sits with him, and it just keeps coming back. Uh, and he just decided, well, let's do that. We're at a time in the world, and you know, in Australia now, where people are. are connecting to something bigger than themselves and people are caring about the environment and people are, are caring about their little piece of land if it, some, if you're lucky enough to own a piece of land. Um, and I think this whole, the book and what Bruce has <clears throat> sorry, it done with the book uh, has really uh, made those connections quite clear and made those connections deeper, uh, deep-rooted uh, ideas. Um, and so what we did is just with the use of a dramaturg, Alana Valentine, she looked at, she read the book numerous times and she drew from it the uh, strong thematic ideas and a couple of traditional stories in there that we dissected. Um, and more than anything, what we did is we we drew our perspective, our black perspective from this book um, and, what, and how we feel and what uh, our connection to that and our deep-rooted spiritual connection to that and to the land as well, you know, in this kind of cyclical uh, idea of of, um, of of people, land and stories, people, land and stories and how that would go round and round. And So that's kind of what, in a very short, although I'm still talking, uh, <laughs> idea is what we've done with um, with the translation from the book to the stage. Yeah, so you speak about, you've just mentioned that word translation. That's really interesting to me in terms of I say so you've got a body of evidence here and as you say an extremely well researched mm. text and and yeah. there there it sits on pages and the dramaturg reads it etc cetera, etc cetera. and then I imagine yeah. there's there's conversations that go on and now we're into words and then at some point 
someone's got to start using their body <laughs> and putting it on the stage and 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 doing yet another translation. So what does that feel? Can you sort of help listeners to describe what that feels like, what that moment is where you have the words and you've got the research and then you go, okay, body, go. Yeah, it's tricky. Like I, going from, you know, text on a page to something physical is um it was tricky you know like it was it wasn't as straightforward as and because what we were doing we weren't following a narrative storyline like Benelong for example you know it's not like if there was a book about Benelong you could read A to Z and that's kind of what we did in the show whereas this the storyline and the narrative kind of the narrative line and then kind of the what you follow throughout is land so in a way I kind of like to describe it the narrative figure that you follow throughout Dark Emu is the land and is um, it in its different shapes and forms um, and its different elements. Uh, but taking it from, from text to body was tricky. And, you know, it, what Alana did very succinctly and really clearly and what was a great help is that she would pull out the most potent sentences or the most potent words. Uh, or if there was a long paragraph, she would divide that down into like a sentence or like a a few words and a sentence and then something that we could um, connect to deeper, I suppose, and and, and how we can as dancers and as creators, as everyone in the company is, like it wasn't just kind of the three of us choreographing, you know, we would obviously be at the front and directing and facilitating, but the dancers are very much a massive collaborative um, part of of each Bangara work, but especially Dark Emu. and so it was just that translation of like, how can we, I don't know, for example, um, <clears throat> what's a good example? Uh, there's a, um, I'm not sure if you've heard of the Brewarrina fish traps, which are in northern New South Wales. And uh, these fish traps are believed to be the oldest man-made structure in the world. Um, the rocks that these fish traps are created from are volcanic. And so they... It was just a way of fish farming, really, and wow. of, 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 of fishing. So instead of making nets, they would build these beautiful um, traps in a river, uh, and they would wait. High tide would rise, the fish would come, and as high tide would turn to low tide, the fish were trapped. So <laughs> what really drew me to this section uh, and what we did, me and the men, we created a beautiful little little world of the fish traps. Um, is we just we just we we spoke about what what that feeling would be like like what it, what what's the idea behind that and also this sense of time as well you know because the tides don't happen in 10 to 15 minutes like that's sometimes it's a couple of hours and mm. it's a passing of a day and it's a uh for us it's for the men it's a labor of of building consistently over and over and 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 trapping and then hunting and so to t- turn those into that idea of the fish traps into something physical was is merely just um, conversations that we would attempt to put ourselves as men in that uh, in that role and in that when these fish traps were built, like what what was the purpose? How long did it take? What's the spirit of that? How does that make us feel? Uh, and how can we then convey that to an audience? Um, so it's a multiple step process in a way, but. It, like it wasn't necessarily an easy uh, an easy thing to do translate this book to 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 visual they almost accompany each other like if you've mm. read the book and you come and see the show it, it will it will only enhance your ideas of the book mm. 
And also vice versa. If you see the show and you want to learn more and you're hungry to learn more about our beautiful country, about what it was, but also what it could have been as well, you know, if mm. if that level of ignorance wasn't there at the time, um, that that they accompany each other, you know. I don't think it's this kind of like I read the book, like when you see a film, it's like oh, I wasn't as good as the book. Yeah. It's, it's a very it's a very different um, um, medium into the into the same story. Mm. Well, I guess uh, you mentioned Ben Along, which is the work you guys performed last year, and it was such a success and also such a powerful, powerful work, so moving. Um, but it did yeah. have that powerful narrative, which, of course, would be different to exploring maybe more thematic and also structural ideas. Uh, how, how did you go about yeah. – how, how what's your process, Dan? Do you improvise on your own? Do you get your dancers to improvise for you? How do you start to really make things move? In numerous different ways. It really depends on in, on what I'm trying to do and what, you know, some, some bits or worlds or even works that I create are, are very clear walking into the studio. And others maybe are a little bit murkier, you know, they're a bit kind of – um, yeah, the water's not as clear, so it takes that conversation and it takes that kind of just sit at the front and observe dancers. Um, Are you quite collaborative? Yeah, absolutely. And mm. I think I think that's the best from um, from my point of view. That's the best way to create because um, I don't know. You know, I think you can have one creative idea, but what's better than one? It's eight. You know. Yeah, get this the collective intelligence going and. <clears throat> Exactly, mm. exactly right. You know, and you just, I don't know, I think it, it allows, and also as a dancer being on the other side when I'm not creating, it allows you a way in. So you can, you feel like you, you're, you're giving something that you, you trust and you believe. So when you're performing that, it gives it a certain amount of weight. It doesn't feel like you're just putting on, um, a t-shirt of somebody else's idea but it's actually something more deeper it's actually coming from your your marrow and your blood as opposed to just this kind of superficial idea that someone said okay now do this you know i think it that idea of collaboration and trying to allow the dancers to be something to be themselves and to give themselves over to that i think uh and it, yeah yeah i think it's a that idea of collaboration is what makes I don't know so much kind of contemporary dance and or any any kind of art so great you know Hey, Daniel Riley, we need to wrap it up, but we do believe you guys are here this week and I know uh, the next two weeks at the Art Centre from the 6th to the uh, 15th, but I do believe tickets are very limited. However, there is a community show on tomorrow night. There is tomorrow night. Yeah, yeah, we have a community show so you can get uh, organised through all those tickets through uh, the bangara.com.au website. Um, it's our first preview here in, in Melbourne. So please like book tickets. The tickets are $15, uh, come out and, um, it's just nice to kind of see all the community and all our, you know, our black arts community and our non-indigenous arts community, just the whole community come out and see us and support us and, you know, and they get their first look at the show, which is great. Perfect. Well, Daniel Riley from Bangara, thanks so much for joining us on What Happens If. 